Travel the world to hear from the best and brightest individuals in their career field, all from the comfort of your home with the Global Advocate Career Podcast. This podcast is the best place to hear real talks with real people, learn how to navigate the new normal in the workplace, and learn how the recruiting process goes. Join host Michelle Clark Siri, CEO and founder, as she interviews consultants, entrepreneurs, and recruiters everywhere from New York to London. Whether you are fresh out of college looking for a job like me or just on the search for a new job this holiday season, the Global Advocate Career Podcast with Michelle Clark series gives you an inside look into the lives of fascinating people from all around the globe. It's free and available everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Great job, Ayanna. What up, what up, what up? I am Dahlia Davies Flanagan, a former television producer, a married mother of two, and a natural-born collector of family stories. This is Melanated Mom Talk, and here we mother in multitudes. We mother ourselves, we mother our friends and family, and we mother our careers and what drives us. I believe anyone who is, has, or had a mother is living a one-of-a-kind, coming-of-age story that I would love to hear. So yes, you are welcome to join that conversation. Of course, representation matters. So as a young black mother, I am here to center our stories as a means to not only disrupt the narrative, but to be the narrative and cultivate our own joy and balance while we mother and as we nourish the spaces where children of color grow. It is my wish that this Melanated Mom Talk sparks your endurance, inspires creativity, and reflects a personal validation to continue and to trust your process. In the meantime, I'm still bringing you her story. Talk about being twice as good. Catch these mom-isms and all-black everything tips, tricks, and takeaways that spotlight the humanity of the original creatives, the mothers. So I thank you for listening. I love our growing community. Thank you for the five-star ratings, for the comments, the reviews, the follows. For everyone who downloads and shares episodes, please keep it coming. It lets the powers that be know we are here and we are vibrant. And do keep in mind, if you or someone you know is mothering on 10, or if you are a part of an organization, a company, or have a product or a brand that would like to collaborate with me and get the word out on this podcast, email us at jointhewhelm at gmail.com. This is a very special episode for me. Not only is this the last episode I will post for the year 2020, But this episode was produced in part by my new mentees who completed my first ever accelerator program. So more about that in one minute. But let me first be clear and say that this week I am super inspired to think differently about the mentors, the employers, the bosses in our lives who ultimately help us grow up. So I'm taping this episode, it's the middle of Kwanzaa, it's Nia, the day for purpose. It's the end of the year, so of course there's a lot of reflection going on. A few episodes ago, we had my mentor on, Dr. Carla Kennedy, and she spoke about how teachers open the door for students, and that it is our job at that point to walk through the door. So this episode speaks a little bit more to 
what is possibly on the other side of that door in the next room. So I gave it a lot of thought and I said, what is in front of me? What do I have that people keep asking to receive from me? And what do I have to give? And so I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And when I looked up, I had written an accelerator program. So I structured it as a three-week virtual program similar to the media production internships that I completed when I was in college. Except at the end of our course, I literally paid it forward. Shoutouts to PBS. Thank you very much. So I divided my check and gave a share to each participant who completed the full 15-day immersion into the art of producing a podcast from home. Anyone who reads the Whelm blog knows I often talk about each one teach one, and that is exactly what I set out to do. And there's definitely room for improvement. There's things I will do differently next time, but I wanted to offer something deeper than the pop-up panels and the quick let me pick your brain plugs that often come my way. So I gave these young scholars an investment into their intellectual property, their future endeavors, and to contribute in any little way that I could to the value of the works and aspirations of what turned out to be three very lovely and ambitious HBCU students from my alma mater, North Carolina Central University, and one very focused graduating senior from California which turned out to be a complete full circle moment for me because I actually attended an accelerator program. It was in the tech startup space in San Francisco. I'm not going to name any names, but it was pretty big league. But it was once again one of those spaces where I was the only black woman in the room. Nothing was in my language or from my scene, and it was like the code switching Olympics. So the affirmation I kept on repeating in my head was that please, 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 please let me be the mentor or the conduit to the means that I wished that I would have had at that point in my life. And I thought it would be a perfect match to let the ladies get some hands-on experience by assisting with the production of this episode featuring Michelle Clark series, who specializes in connecting employees to employers. Perfect. The pipeline continues. And that's just one fascinating aspect of what drives Michelle. In this episode, we talk about how to get that raise, following your passions, and so much more. So if you were to rewind this episode back to the beginning, you'll notice the advertisement was written and read aloud by Miss Ayanna McDuffie. And now I'm going to pass the mic over to Miss Nala Sally, who has a little bit more to tell you about Michelle. Thanks, Dahlia. A native New Yorker born and raised in Washington Heights, Michelle Clark Series is a proud wife and mother to a 15-year-old son and loves stand-up comedy, knitting, and acting. She obtained her undergraduate and graduate degrees in English, technical writing, Spanish, French, and of course, human resources. With several notches of international affairs and governmental experience on her belt, Michelle has worked as a chief of staff, a deputy chief of protocol, a senior director, and as an enrollment operations manager, just to name a few. She combined all of these tools to advise others as a professional career coach and to write and host her own podcast. Michelle is also the co-founder of World Series Incorporated, a worldwide firm that helps with business development and career coaching. Great job, Nala. So now let's talk that melanated mom talk. 
Hey, okay guys, what up, what up? So, today we have Michelle Clark series with us. She is a career coach and the host of the Global Advocate Career Podcast. Um, and she is also the co-founder of World Series, Inc. Michelle, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Ooh, thank you, Dahlia. It's such a pleasure to be here. This is really, really fun. We are friends <laughs> um, from years now. Our husbands are friends mm-hmm. for many years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really fun to have you on the podcast today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So let's just like jump right in and talk about what you are the mother of. Well... You know, as you mentioned, uh, I do have a son. He's 15 years old. His name is Wade. Um, and uh, uh, I would say, you know, giving birth to him 15 years ago really changed my life. Uh, prior to that, I was focused on my career, as you mentioned, in uh, HR from the perspective of career coaching, um, teaching. Uh, my background is in international affairs and government. So I would say back then I was a mother of my career, right? I was really focused on, you know, uh, these high level jobs that I had and, you know, making that work and then, um, being in a relationship with my now husband and, uh, you know, vacationing and all of that. And then having weighed it, it changed my perspective. Um, and I'll stop there because I could go on. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. You know, there's so many layers at the the, Mm -hmm. center of all that we do. And that's what we often (laughs) talk about mothering dually, you know, because we mother our careers, we mother our families all at the same time. So hit me with that twice as good. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about now this Global Advocate Career Podcast. I think this is really dope, especially now where we are in the world. Um, It's hard to not talk about Corona and all of this and how everybody is working remotely, all these Zoom calls and all these conversations that people are doing. And I think being in the podcast lane has been really kind of super because it was kind of an isolated, you know, production to begin with. But like, what what is some of the vibes you're getting from the people you're talking to? Because your guests are really amazing. You have some really cool, diverse guests, a lot of authors, a lot of um, CEOs, a lot of leaders, a lot of... um, Mm -hmm really interesting people who are tapped into what is happening in the job market. Yeah. I mean, about uh, last year when I really decided to dedicate after my nine to five ended um, and I decided to fully focus on my career coaching practice. uh, I also was trying to figure out ways to keep my ears on the ground and, interview individuals who have fascinating careers um, that I've come across, I've worked with. And um, I was really, I really wanted to create a platform. And it's funny because I act on the side and, you know, I always wanted to, I was always auditioning for roles that uh, were like reporter like and talk show host and stuff. And then I said, you know what, why don't I just do it myself? Why do I have to wait for someone to give me the opportunity? So that's when um, the Global Advocate Career Podcast came into being. My goal was to basically expose individuals, listen, the listeners to folks that maybe they would not have encountered otherwise. And folks that I felt that, you know, um, have represented different parts of my career or personal life. And so, and have had very interesting roles. So. You know, I've interviewed doctors, uh, 
individuals who have headed uh, Fortune 500, you know, divisions of corporations, uh, uh, directors. And so it's it's been very interesting to hear how they got to where they are. And, and my goal was also to provide a platform for individuals to get a, a fresh perspective, a different perspective from someone that they may not have uh, wanted to uh, uh, listen to or felt maybe they were relevant in their lives. So it, that's how it started. Um, I do audio and also now YouTube, which is an interesting foray. So I also feature uh, the link on my uh, Instagram account, which is the Global Advocate Career Podcast, or my other Instagram account, Clark Series. Um, on LinkedIn, I, I, every time I uh, release a new episode, I always put it on LinkedIn. But um, but yeah, it's all in all, it's on Anchor, which is the host, uh, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, and a few others. Um, and and really, as you know, Dahlia, it's it's really it's constant promotion, right? It's promoting it, reaching out to folks. Um, so I'm looking at new ways. And this and the YouTube world is interesting because it, it it sort of puts a different level on the interviewing process. So that's something that I'm really getting used to now. And and I also do other talk shows. So let's see how that goes, Dahlia. Well, I got to bring you on board right. and we'll have fun with it. We'll have fun with it. <laughs> Right. I think it's really cool, especially when we're in this age yeah. of um, talking about women leaders and black owned mm -hmm. businesses. And mm -hmm. and that's the vibe. That's the energy. So like, so definitely. Do you find when you're talking to people, is it like you can ask questions that you normally wouldn't be comfortable asking, like in an office setting? <laughs> right. As women, it's so awkward asking for a raise or like, you know, all these these job conversations that come up. Um, do you find on your podcast, do you get a chance to like talk about things that are normally so uncomfortable to talk about? Yeah, I, 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 that's a great question. I think the goal for me is to open up my guests and feel safe so that they can share uh, aspects of themselves that maybe under other circumstances, they wouldn't have done that. So um, I, and I like to start by asking them about their personal life and how they got to where they are. And I, I feel that, as you know, Dahlia, when you gain the trust of your guests, then it opens up um, to other topics. Now, in reference to, uh, you know, salary negotiation and those uh, and that those areas, what I generally tell my clients is that when you come to the table and seek a raise, um, the onus is on you to put forth your experience and also to be informed on what your worth is. Um, when I, when I had my nine to fives and I asked for raises, I never thank thank goodness never had an issue because I was focusing on my work. And, uh, I, I, I hear, I tend to hear sometimes that, um, Sometimes individuals will be inclined to discuss their personal needs um, in reference to why they deserve a salary. And so I'm here to say personal has nothing to do with it. It's the work. Are you doing the work? How well are you executing it? And is it being recognized? And the first person that must recognize it is yourself, because then when you go forth and speak to your um, supervisor, 
or the individual you have to report to, they'll, they'll see that confidence and then you are able to back it up. Um, I, uh, I never really looked into how many, how much other individuals were making because I already knew my range. But then again, I worked in government capacity. So the range and the salaries were, uh, public. But, um, I, the most important thing is that whatever I asked for, I did get. So that's, that's what I would say. A way to combat that is make sure that you're asking and believing your worth when seeking a raise. Definitely. Yeah. In television, there's like a, an under, an undercurrent of, um, not knowing what other people get yeah. paid. <laughs> so it was very much. And I have a lot of other friends, definitely like in the arts, it's always like a scale, yes. you know, and it's always like a kind of, uh, you never know exactly. But the, um, the other thing that we used to always say and, and something that my husband, I, I think of clearly as saying is that you should always, when you're working, you should always try to know how to do your boss's job. Mm, right? That's interesting. Like that was one of those definite takeaways. And just in case somebody ever gets sick or if they have a meeting and you need to fill in for them or whatever the vibe is, like do your work, right? Right. But always have like an eye out just a little bit for what your boss is doing because that's where you'll be able to see the climb. That's where you'll be able to elevate, right? I think that's great feedback. I think that's a way of thinking outside the box and going above and beyond, right? What's expected. Right. So I think that, I think it's a great suggestion, you know, given workplace nuances, I would say as long as you, your boss doesn't feel alienated by your efforts and think that you're trying. Right. To- right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Then> you know, <laughs> they know that there's a coup, Ooh. like you don't want to form a coup against your boss, but, um, definitely. Yeah. know the job. <laughs> so, and, um, and you talked about your clients too. You are, um, I mean, amongst many things, of course, mothering in multitudes. You have a career in acting. You do stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a native New Yorker, right? Yes, You're yes. an actual New Yorker. So <laughs> <laughs> you just naturally know how to find the lanes. Um, you do virtual coaching, right? Mm-hmm, so, yes. Um, yes, yes. So, um, talk to us a little bit about that. Like if somebody's interested in getting coached by you, uh, where would they go? What could they expect? Yeah, thanks. I, um, right. So my company world series, Inc. I'm co-founder Rudy and I, my husband and I started this 10 years ago when we were both in, uh, heavy duty, uh, very demanding roles, but what we were afforded was the opportunity to meet a lot of interesting individuals. And what we realized was that folks were seeking, uh, further guidance on how to tap into various industries. So that's what caused us to create our company, a business consultancy. Um, domestically and internationally. And then I then uh, decided to get into soft skills teaching because I felt that um, what I was observing in the workplace throughout the years was a repetition of the lack of demonstrating soft skills. So once I started with that, I, I, the, the, the career readiness space really attracted me. And then that's what propelled me to go into career coaching, which was actually uh, the results of my then boss saying I should get coached. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like I'm perfect. I, what do I need coaching for? But it ended up being the best thing for me. And then I realized that that was what I wanted to do for others. So, um, uh, the way I see it is that career coaching is an opportunity for an individual to think outside the box about their career. And, and, you know, we're not, we're not advisors. We're not consultants. We're not, uh, mentors per se, but we're here to, promote forward uh, thinking and forward growth. 
And uh, so that's what World Series Inc. does. To reach me, you can reach me uh, through my website, uh, www.wcresinc.com, wseriesinc.com. But yeah, I, uh, I did do stand-up comedy for a while. I, I'm still a comedian every day at home. <laughs> but <laughs> just ask my husband. But, um, right. I, you know, I, I really enjoy acting, actually. I actually got a bit little part in the Heights. Hopefully that'll come out next year. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm a firm believer. I think I'm a firm believer that whatever you want to do, do it. If that's what your soul is telling you to do. And I, um, that's one of the, another reason why I became a career coach, because I, I, I have clients that are seeking, you know, what to do next. And, and I would say first start with what your passion is. Um, I didn't do that. I started with what I felt I would have to say what I should have, what, what I should do or what looks good. Or, and, and I, I think the, the missing part was that was I do, was it resonating with me? Um, as a person in my growth. So I, I had to be a mother to myself. Yes. And, uh, and that's how I, I, I'm in my space now, but it, it's, it's taken uh, a lot of, a few licks, um, yes. <laughs> a few bruises, but it's okay. If I'm here with you, Dahlia, talking about it, I'm doing, I'm doing well. So I'm very grateful. Bless you. Yes, you are 100%. her story mm -hmm. you know looking back you know at some of the most pivotal moves that you made mm -hmm. um and in hindsight are the things that lead you to where you are today mm -hmm. um so for the for the younger girls and and guys listening you know um what is something that you would have told yourself 20 years ago you know knowing now what you know about success and failures what is something that you would tell that girl 20 years ago 20 years ago. Okay. Um, well, I just turned 51. So <laughs> I look back and I would have probably said, you know, Michelle, keep your hair natural. Don't relax it again. Um, <laughs> don't worry too much about what that person has to say about you. Cause you're, you're not even going to think about them twice in 20 years. <laughs> um, right. be true to yourself and, and don't try to, you know, make everything okay. You know, it's normal. It, it's okay to have some moments where you're having a hard time with dealing with an individual circumstance. Um, so, so just pat yourself on the back for recognizing that and don't be too hard on yourself. Um, also, uh, yeah, kick that person to the curb. If you're thinking about it, kick them to the curb. Don't wait 20 years later to do it. So, <laughs> um, yes. So I would say just be braver and, um, and embrace yourself more actively. Take care of yourself more. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. What is your relationship like with your mother and with the women in your family? 
So my mom, um, my family is from the Republic of Panama. So my mom came over in the late 60s and married my dad and had me. Um, my mother was uh, raised by her aunt. My grandmother left Panama to seek a career in uh, the uh, in opera and in singing here in New York. So she was part of the scene in the 50s. Um, my great-grandmother came from um, Barbados. So my whole lineage is from Barbados. On my mom's side, on my dad's side, is uh, it's uh, Jamaica, but also Barbados. Um, so my relationship with, with the women in my life, have, have it has shaped me to who I am. My mother had me. My parents divorced. She raised me with the help of my family um, in Washington Heights in the 70s and 80s. Um, black women, strong women have always been in my life. I've never had, uh, a, 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 a figure that was never influential, um, positively. Um, thankfully they're, they're still here today. My mother, my mother's in a home now. She has multiple sclerosis. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm actually going to see her in a week's time, um, my my godmother, my aunt Zelma, my aunt Tia Lois, uh, you know, my grandmother has since passed. My great aunt has been, since passed. But I, I've I've been blessed with um, women that have pushed me and expected nothing um, but the best for me. Uh, my mother and I, you know, she's she's definitely very strict. I went to Catholic school. And she was extremely strict with me because she wanted the best and because she sacrificed a lot to to give me what I had. And um, and so uh, the relationship was one where she expected a lot. And, you know, I always knew that I uh, had to give the best. And. Um, and she pushed me. She, you know, she was also, she grew up in an evangelical Pentecostal church in Panama. So her perspective on a lot of things was different from mine. I have, I, I share the experience of being that like first generational mm-hmm. kid in the U.S., you know. I am a first generational New Yorker as well. Mm-hmm. And um, not from New York City, I was from upstate New York. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> New York, nonetheless. And, um, uh, a focus on education yes. and excellence yes. and there was a vibe that you could come to this country and you could work and be respected and, and make your way up and and also sacrifice a little bit for yourself so that the next generation being us would be the ones who could benefit and walk into school confidently and and get jobs right That's so right. it was a whole vibe generationally right it was it was a vibe um, it was a vibe i would say that my mother in giving me her all, and, and, and she was a civil servant and worked for the city for 25 years. I remember that. She put a lot into that job and got a silver pen for her 25th year. And, right. <laughs> which was a little right. bit like, okay. Um, but, you know, I, I I say this because her perspective was you provide and, you know, you give your all. But what I would have liked to have seen was her her for her to take care of herself better. Um, and I feel that that's sometimes the, uh, the cards that are dealt with my mom's generation. You know, they're so busy being a mother 
a, a, a wife, a girlfriend, a daughter, an, a cousin. And there, there's all these roles that they have to have that they tend to forget about taking care of themselves. Um, and, mm. and this is something that's very prominent in me, for me, you know, like before this, this interview, I went for a run. Um, you know, I made, I had made my juice, my smoothie. I, I, I really make an effort to take care of myself because, um, that's on me to mother myself, right? 100%. We wouldn't have even be able to have the privilege to do those things had we not been standing on the shoulders of those women who couldn't, you know? So, Absolutely. You know, always give respect mm -hmm. to them and um, always send love to mm -hmm. them. That's what this whole podcast is about, really, for me. Um, so what are some of those other kind of momisms? What are some of the things that you've been doing to take care of yourself during this quarantine, corona, yeah. <laughs> quarantine looming? Again, quarantine part two. Ooh. That seems like it's looming. Um, what are some of the things that you've been doing to keep yourself balanced <laughs> and like sane? Well, I'll tell you, um, Dahlia, you know, when the pandemic started, um, you know, we relocated to Connecticut. We lived in Brooklyn for 25 years and we decided to change tack and, and be in a more chill environment. So we moved last year, the same time. So this past year, up until December or January was, a, was, a was a transition. And just when I started getting in the rhythm of traveling back into the city and doing meetings, et cetera, that's when the pandemic hit. And I tell you, I was, you know, full blast with my coaching, with my teaching, with my collaborating, with my outreach, with everything. I mean, even my hair appointments were down to, you know, the scheduled time and everything. Um, and only right. to have that completely um, just disintegrate and everything was shut down the gym everything everything it, i was like everyone else we resorted to staying home and that was a really big adjustment for me um i remember the first month i really uh i sat down in front of the tv and i was just um watching i saw some images out of italy and and it started to hit me how severe this pandemic was turning out to be so the first thing I did to, to take care of myself was not watch the news because I was, I, I wasn't really handling it well. And, um, I think I needed to, uh, just break away from that for a minute. And, and then when the gym closed, that's when I realized, okay, physically, Michelle, what are you going to do? Because you cannot sit and just not do anything and, and think that, you know, uh, your body's just going to, uh, take care of itself. You have to make an, an effort. So that's when I started running around my neighborhood. And, um, I started only in my block cause it's a cul-de-sac. And then I started venturing out and I still do that now. Um, and, um, and then I started watching my diet because, um, it's easy to, uh, gain weight when you're sedentary and I didn't want to be sedentary, but I also wanted to eat healthy. So I started like really focusing on eating, uh, uh, meat substitutes. Um, I'm, I'm not a vegan, uh, yet, but I really made an effort to juice every mornings and, uh, eat, eat better, eat better. I'm not like a big junk food person, but you know, I do love my cookies. So, yeah. so <laughs> spiritually, um, I realized that it is imperative for me to start my day with prayer and meditation. I do have a strong faith. So from a spiritual, physical, mental uh, perspective, I, I realize that 
Whereas a lot of stuff was happening and I'm, and it's, and it's what I want. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself internally. So that's what I did. And then I'm doing. So how, how has it been with, um, is, has he been working from home as well? How is, how is your relationship going being home? Um, I know it's, it's also like an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. because a lot of times people were going into the office and working and now you got to find spaces. I know me and my husband have a, a calendar that we share. Um, basically every morning we start out in like a huddle. Like, okay, yes. I have a 12 o'clock and a 2 o'clock and a 5 o'clock. Okay, I have an 11 mm-hmm. o'clock and a 3 Okay, break. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> have you guys been <laughs> dividing and conquering? Like yeah, that? that's a great question. I, I, uh, You know, one of the reasons why we also decided to move is because we wanted to, you know, uh, actively be involved, actively in our son's life to the best of our ability. He's a teenager now. But also to have those options of taking him to his game or watching him at a game and, and, um, soccer or basketball. So, uh, when, so we wanted to make sure we had our own offices. So we're fortunate enough to have our own offices. They are adjacent to each other, but in terms, and Rudy's a lawyer. So he, his, I've seen his role. He has his own firm. He has his own practice. So I've seen him, uh, really, he actually, this concept of virtually working you know, he really, uh, taught me a lot about that space and, um, w- you know, working at home and watching him work at home. It's been, it's been, now we're at a place where, um, where it really, really, really works. Um, I'm upstairs. Sometimes he's downstairs. Sometimes we work together. Um, if we're not on calls, if we're on calls, we'll go to a different part of the house or go outside. Um, and so this, this, this pandemic has really, uh, compelled us and compelled me to think outside the box and, uh, embrace it as an opportunity to maximize on the work output. So it's, it's just been, it's been, it's not, you know, it's an adjustment, Dahlia, as you very well know, you know, um, the, 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 I remember right before the pandemic hit, I, I liked going into the city because I was able to get away for, you know, half a day or, you know, come back in the evening and, you know, you have that space. Um, and so now the space for me is exercising. We don't exercise together. We give each other the space. Um, if I need space, you know, I'll, I'll go for a run or I'll sit out in our backyard. So, this is another thing, respecting each other's space. How do you guys do it? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're doing that well. Uh, <laughs> we have space, but it seems like we still all look in each other's space a lot. Uh, I am an introvert. He is an extrovert. Oh. Uh, but it's interesting. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I ask you, because you've been married for 19 years and we bow down. And we are definitely asking for tips and tricks oh. for making it work. But we, you know, we, I think we're doing mm-hmm. well. I think we are doing well. We get along. And in fact, I feel like the best moments is when we remember that we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> like you remember like, oh, I used to like sitting with you, laughing at comedy yeah, sessions with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so there is a lot more of those moments to kind of like, dip back into that but it is definitely it did take like we we've had waves we have definitely had waves but he like does a walk like he goes on a walk almost like every day Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's almost like, so it's like a few things where we can kind of build in that space. I've been building out oh, my garden yes. in I the backyard. Oh, we got to talk about yes. that offline because I'm just building mine. So we have to talk yeah. about that. Oh, it's so soothing. It's so it? nice. And I'm a city right? girl, Dahlia. I just oh want to keep it real. Like I'm from Washington Heights. My, I was born and raised. We had a lot of potted plants in our windowsills, but right. I never thought I'd be so keen on having a green thumb. And, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the space, you know, you could have, uh, you know, just a windowsill or a fire escape or maybe a little uh, yard in the back or a large piece of property. But I think it's just getting connected with the earth. Oh, that is yes. so humbling. Yes. Oh, It's so humbling and rewarding. And you can just see like, it takes yes. time. You have to water it. You have to give it, you know, it's like so much this like, uh, <laughs> meta levels. I think also this is a time to determine like, who do you want to support? Right. In terms of businesses. Yes. 100%. Let's talk about it. Well, you know, I have to say it's something that I've, al I've always really thought in the back of my mind, but even more so now, you know, uh, I still actually purposely, uh, my, you know, my hairstylist is, he's Guyanese descent. My hair products is from a very dear friend of mine, uh, Suzanne, their, their friends, Suzanne and Brian Wilson. They have a system, uh, called the Ox system and it, the conditioner and the, and the shampoo is phenomenal. My skin products, I get my shea butter and my oils from my Muslim brothers on Atlantic Avenue. I still go into the city to get that. My flip-flops, I can't walk around the house with my, my flip-flops. And I get my flip-flops from my dear friend, Pramice Martin. She has an awesome company named Petalicious. I mean, these are just few of the folks that I've been really making an effort to continue to support because it's imperative. It is imperative that we put our money and I, and, and, and money where our mouth is, and it's still a process for me. For example, now that I'm in Connecticut, now I have to look for more businesses of color, Latino, you know, uh, support those Jamaican, uh, establishments or West Indian establishments. So it's, it's a constant process. It's not just like an overnight thing. Shout outs to all the oh, people God. that you mentioned. We yeah, need to support, support, you know, 20 years ago, what would I have said to myself going back to your question? Um, you know, are you supporting people that look like you, Michelle? Um, you know, and, and if not, why? And go seek them out. And so we, we must give each other the credit and we must support each other. You know, there's enough out there for yes. all of us. It's, yes. it's just, Thank you. It, this, I, I say to my, my clients and I say to my friends, and friends there's no concept. There's, the concept of competition does not exist. You know, we're here to help each other and we become better people in the process. So I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to come. This is actually my first podcast interview. Hey, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Michelle Lee Clark series. Thank you so much again for coming through the show. And last but not least from the Wellm Accelerator is my fellow Capricorn, Miss Ceylon Edmondson. I'm going to pass you the mic. Let's wrap this episode out. Everyone at home, please continue this conversation in your community. And if you can't stop thinking about something we said, show some love. Please give us a quick five-star rating, download, and share the episode. It's super easy. Just click those three dots and text it to a friend or post on social media with the hashtag 
Melanated Mom Talk. This podcast was edited with love by Dahlia Davies Flanagan and produced by me, Ceylon Edmondson, a junior at the illustrious North Carolina Central University. And produced by me, Ayanna McDuffie, a graduating senior from Biola University. And me, Nala Sally, a junior at North Carolina Central University. Thank you to Calvin Miller Jr. for the podcast art. And thank you to photographer and producer Brian Denby for the beat that slaps. Excellent job, ladies. I can't wait to experience all that you create in your bright futures. To my girls of the Whelm Accelerator program and to everyone who made it out of 2020 alive. Yes, mother yourselves uninterrupted. And don't forget, I see you and I love you.